my grandfather put the solar panels on the White House and Ronald Reagan took them down. Today, you know, my grandfather put the solar panels on the White House and Ronald Reagan took them down. Today, you know, Ronald Reagan took them down. Ronald Reagan took them down. 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 And now, how you live in with Chaz Simmons and Mikkel Nielsen. All right, we are back. Live in effect in Greenwood. The boys at Greenwood are back with a young lady as well. Hi, I am not of Greenwood. Not of Greenwood, but we're here. How you living, Chaz? Doing okay. Just came back from Geek Bowl. Still kind of tired from yelling and running around uh, from this weekend, but overall pretty well. How about you? I'm living pretty well. And uh, why don't you introduce our guest of the evening that we have tonight for our podcast? Hi, this is Katie. Katie is currently studying the genetic effects of cancer um, at what university? I'm at the University of Washington in the Department of Pathology. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Good, good spot to be. Pathology. The study of human disease. Uh, you know. And uh, is are the people that do blood work and whatnot are those pathologists? Um, so some of them can be. I'm in more like experimental pathology, so I'm really a molecular biologist that studies human disease. But someone who's like an anatomic pathologist is someone who went through medical school and does all of the hospital tests. So someone that would look at slides, who would perform autopsies and things like that. So. I don't do that part. Okay. But um, I do work with human tissue and stuff, but I don't have to actually touch the person. There and you that's go. There key. you go. And that's, <laughs> that's good to lay out there early in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say pathologists, like even in experimental pathology, like we were those kids that saw something gross and said, ew, and then poked it and said, cool. Right. <laughs> um, For sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, Chaz, man, we're here. On a Tuesday again, in uh, Trump world, and uh, I guess we should we should do our our one solid uh, go to what do you call it? I guess a segment. <laughs> segment. <laughs> segment. We'll call it segments. Uh, callbacks. Which. The short version of your callbacks theme song. Yes. For Kuka Callbacks. <laughs> Um, what do you got to call back from uh, the last episode, Chaz? So, uh, when we recorded it, uh, Trump was doing his fake of the union, so we only listened to part of it, but I got to listen to the whole thing, so I guess we can all talk about what we thought about his uh, presentation to the Joint joint Congress, and uh, what do you think it means for America in the future and all that? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he, <laughs> I love how everyone kept saying that he did a really good job because it was, uh, you know, it was a lot of vague kind of just proposals with no real, uh, meat about how he's going to get there. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, it, it, it felt like whatever speech he was just trying to talk to his constituents, you know, what did you think of it? Or did you see any of it? I did not watch it on purpose. I did read about it and watch, you know, the punditry after. Um, I find it funny that they're like, oh, he sounded so presidential. Well, he's the president. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good thing for the president to sound like. Yeah, well, and now anything he says is technically 
presidential. That's true. Um, so I don't know. It was like, okay, so he didn't say something crazy and we're going to give him a high five. Right. Uh, um, the other thing that kind of got to me, um, you know, I, I can't speak to what happened during the raid in Yemen. Um, you know, there could be a lot that we don't know, and there's a lot, especially when it involves special forces that they don't share. And so I mm-hmm. can't make any sort of judgment call on was that a good idea or was it not. But I really am bothered by putting a war widow on display to bolster your political agenda. That's true. Um, yeah, no, that was yeah. that was ridiculous. And... Uh, I'm actually was going to call back to the fact that I I was trying to figure out what his rank is but it's just ranking as a US Navy SEAL um that's and that he was in special forces so I don't really know what his rank was but at last time I uh I mentioned him I didn't have that information and it sounded like I was being rude about it but I didn't yeah. mean to be it's just it's like we don't get a lot of information specifics we just kind of hear Yeah um you know a a friend of mine is a SEAL and they are you know, very guarded and they keep to themselves. And, um, there's so much that goes into that job that I can never appreciate. You know, I could never appreciate how difficult that job is. And these are people who, when they take this job on, know that they, that, that's the, that, you know, that's risk. part of the job. Yeah. But, um, you know, let, let the family grieve in peace. Don't yeah. put a crying woman on display to, make people feel good about decisions that you made um especially when it's that fresh and maybe that's just my opinion but you know i grew up in san diego where everyone is related to someone in the military Mm, okay um so yeah i i can't imagine anyone that i know who would have been like yeah i'm gonna stand here and cry on cue and not that I'm saying that, like, she was doing that. I I don't want to denigrate her at all. Like, I can't imagine what she's going through. But I just, you know, he could have brought that up and not been like, and here she is, you know? Yeah, he did that multiple times during the uh the thing where he was like, this person represents this thing that's going on, and this person represents this other thing that's going on. His rank, by the way, is Senior Chief Petty Officer, which he received a week after his death, but it was already like an in-progress promotion from being the chief petty officer. So, yeah, he had uh, two bronze medals. Um, He had the Golden War on Terrorism Service Medal, which I think you get when you serve in either Iraq or Afghanistan, or now extended other places. Um, An Afghanistan Campaign Medal. So the guy was a, you know, was a solid gold star type citizen, but... Definitely don't put his family on display for political purposes. That's just ridiculous. So yeah, especially after um, uh, they would said that he was given, he was told they shouldn't do this because they didn't have enough information to do it. And I didn't check in to see because he said the general says it was a successful raid. Yeah. And I've heard things of the contrary. So I feel like he's trying to obfuscate a lot of things by presenting this grieving widow. And I know a lot of his constituents. <laughs> Or have a lot of family members who are in the military, so they probably saw that. And either if they go, if I had lost someone, I would feel the same way. Or if they have already lost someone, they're probably like, I remember when I felt like that. So yeah, you know, I saw an article that said that they did find like names or information about Al Qaeda, and so 
I'm glad that at least something came out of it, that it wasn't like a wash, you know? Um, but I, right. I've also seen responses from some veterans, and of course I don't know if they represent the minority or whatever, but that were also really bothered by that. Yeah. And I think, um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the father um, abstained from going to the event. Yeah, he spoke to one of the newspapers in Florida saying that he wants an investigation into what happened. Yeah. I can't blame him. Well, uh, so I did my callback. Did you have any other callbacks for this week? No, that was the only one uh, right there. Um yeah, so uh, that would bring us to this episode. We're here in episode 12 then, March, right. March the 7th, 2017. What does that put us at? Day 40 plus? <laughs> yeah, it's 40-something. Yeah. Well, I guess let's not keep track specifically. So. Well, they always say his first 100 days, so... And he's been doing a lot on his first 100 days. But what happens after, like, what happens on day 101? Right. Yeah, do people stop counting? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> nobody's counted the whole time hey yeah. come on guys nobody counts um <laughs> that was sad uh i know i didn't even have any uh sound effects but yeah that's a good one the, you're welcome the sad trombone <laughs> <laughs> we can use that later uh but what is uh what's on your uh agenda for today's show do you have a specific topic do you want to go into bill watch uh yeah, we can go into Bill Watch. All get right. that out of the way. Get it out of the way. Alright, let's start with a solid theme song, our fave. Sometimes I feel I've got to Bo -bo -bo watch. Okay. So <laughs> we've got that side up and now you know exactly what we're doing. In the Bill Watch. So we were talking about it before the show started, but there is a House Bill six ten uh, to distribute federal funds for elementary and secondary education in the form of vouchers for eligible students and to repeal a certain rule relating to nutrition standards in schools. And I think we talked about this one before, but I think it's been expanded on and I think it's actually been introduced on the uh, on the floor today. So it's becoming relevant. OK. Uh, yeah. What 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 is the kind of the the nuts and bolts of that of that bill? What is it trying to do? So essentially, what it's doing is it's redistributing funds that would go to public schools to people um, for vouchers, and so that would allow them to use them at charter schools or private schools. Um, and I'm thinking that this is aimed specifically at religious schools as well. Um, it also, it yeah, it changes the nutritional, I forget the exact name of it, but it was that bill that was introduced that required that school lunches cover a certain amount of nutrition, that schools cannot provide sugary foods and snacks. Right. Um, the, the famous ketchup is a vegetable kind of discussion that came up where when they had to meet the standards. Oh, no, I think that was back in the 80s. This was from 2012. Yeah. Um, And this like prohibited them from selling like sugary snacks and foods and things like that um on school campuses um and i know a lot of people really like took offense to that but i think they forget about kids who get a significant portion of their nutrition at school that's true um you know there are a lot of kids who are on free and reduced lunch 
And so it's important that at least one of their meals is more balanced and um, less sugary and all of those things because, you know, low cost food tends to be high calorie, um, you know, or low nutrition, low nutrition. Yeah. That's probably a better way to put it. But yeah, uh, my, my parents are elementary school teachers. And so I hear about a lot of these like education laws in real time. Mm. Um, you know, and they had to make adjustments, you know, you can't bring snacks and kids can't have cake for their birthday and things like that. But if, that's the worst of it and you're providing kids with nutritious meals like mm-hmm. yeah yeah and wasn't that uh michelle obama's whole like that was her first lady thing where she wanted to get people moving more yeah. exercising eating better you know if i could have michelle obama's arms i'd be down for that <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's funny and i think dude jamie oliver a while back too did a whole expose on how bad school lunches were before that oh yeah and so, not good so I feel like any of the congressmen who are very serious about voting yes to this should just look at that and say, like, and he went to, he didn't go to, like, the inner cities. Well, he mm-hmm. did go to inner cities, but he also went to, like, rural schools as well, too, and yeah. says it's really bad here, too. Yeah. But, I mean, essentially what expanding charter schools and expanding voucher programs does is takes away money from public schools. And if your public schools are already struggling, taking money away from them doesn't help the schools. And it essentially gives people who already have options the ability to leave public schools. And so, you know, it it, it increases the problem for public schools that are already struggling. It takes money out for the kids who actually need it. And the kids that use those vouchers are already in a place where they don't need the help. That's true. And, you know, there are some arguments that, in a way, voucher programs are, like, de facto segregating, where you get Mm -hmm. white flight out of neighborhoods that have struggling schools and where they can afford to take their kid elsewhere. So have issues with this (laughs) no i feel you i went to when i lived in philadelphia i went to all the types of schools parochial private charter and public and private was of course way better like worlds better than public school right and charter charter and public were about the same and i can't really speak to parochial because i was only there for pre-kindergarten and kindergarten people were nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) were they nice or not no, uh, the teachers were okay. They were okay. There was this one time, like, okay, maybe this is a TMI story, but there was this one time this kid had took a shit and <laughs> called it ice cream, and he's like, I want to show it to you. And I was like, why? I mean, I was like five, but Kids he wanted to weird. show me his shit. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. See, a, f- a fart would have been much more funny at that time. <laughs> like, farts are yeah, just funny. Yeah, because farts, I mean, farts are funny. Yeah. You know? Shit is just it's disgusting. In the abstract, acceptable. Okay. In person, no. No. Yeah. I'll pass on that. Yeah. Changing lives, the more you know. But, yeah, I went, I went to public school. I mean, I'm still in public school. I went to a public elementary school, middle school, high school. Uh, undergrad institution and now for graduate school you know I'm the product of public school education um, you know but I lived in a district where I had the benefit of 
having good schools that were supported. And uh, what what district was that? What part of the country are you hailing from? So I am from San Diego. Although if you asked anyone from San Diego and I said I was from San Marcos, they would argue that that's not San Diego, but it's San Diego County. Okay. Uh, it's North County, so it's kind of near Legoland. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Nice. Nice. I like Legos. <laughs> you know, I never went to Legoland because by the time it was built, it was really expensive and it was mostly like for kids and families. Fair enough. So I've never been. Oh. Well, we should take a How You Live in trip to do Legoland. There you go. Yeah, that would be fun. We'll, we'll pack up in the big bus that we parked out front before we took the elevator to the <laughs> top million dollar studios that we're at currently. Yeah, by the way, this is swanky, it is very, so hey, you thank you. Know, I mean, we do have a fireplace, so it, we're, we're keeping it real here. That is true. And, it's, and, it's actually lit. And a globe to give the essence that we've traveled, you know yeah. what I mean? And then the piano. So, I mean, to be honest, the Million Dollar Studios are quite nice. <laughs> I gotta admit. I yeah. was offered a selection of loose leaf teas upon arrival. I mean, so, yeah. Yeah, Maria, our, uh, our waitress slash uh, cook, is, is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She's <laughs> Server. That's, you, you haven't met Maria? She is so nice. She's been here the she's whole time. She's a server, time. not a waitress. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I, I forget. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know the terms. I'm terrible. I've never claimed to be more than a terrible human being. No, I'm just kidding. That's fair. Uh, okay, Maria's made up. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> we got the tea ourselves. I just wanted you to think that we had somebody here. I was trying to be nice, but... There really is a fireplace, and it really is on. It is, yeah. Right. Well... I wish I wish we were balling enough to have you know a oh. server give us tea and stuff. That yeah. would be yeah. you know I'd be a job creator. I know. Well, that's what, how you living is all about. Cause we're 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 episode twelve right now. Well, episode twenty five. Who knows? There might be a Maria. Who knows? You never know. Um. <laughs> so about that education bill. Yeah. Or we can move on. No, let's vote no. Okay. Next yeah, week. I vote no. <laughs> let's go ahead and uh, I. I what does Democrats even care? Like they don't even have to show up for most of these votes, right? I mean, or do they have to get some of them to? I mean, I think they're going to have to show up to give people any sort of confidence in what they're doing. Um, which, by the way, I've been watching these Democrat videos on Democrats dot org. <laughs> And it does not give me a lot of confidence for the party. There are like five minute speeches that are really like emboldened and like you kind of get this moment. But then like these videos are between two, three and ten hours long, depending on what conference they're from. Yeah. And so the majority are very haphazard and there's yeah. confusion and leadership qualities are lacking to a certain degree and informed nobody f seems informed and yeah. so i watch clips on twitter i follow pramila jayapal and so i watch her oh little, nice i watch her like you know they have like a couple of minutes that they can just get up there and say their bit i like her yeah she's pretty cool yeah which which person is this uh, Representative Pramila Jayapal of the 7th District here. So she represents oh. Seattle and Edmonds, and she was an advocate for immigrant rights prior to becoming a representative. So awesome. This is, this is a good time for her to be around. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a solid representative. Yeah, I voted for her when uh, we had our elections and stuff last time through. Same. There you go. I heard her on um, Politically Reactive. Oh. Yeah, with Hari Kondabolu and Debbie Kamau Bell, and I was I listened to her talk, and I was just like, okay, well, check. <laughs> so. 
Yeah, me and my roommate, we did research. Um, we did research together. Actually, we we're like, what do we even did research on like the city attorney and all like the smaller that's ones good. too. Good, yeah. People should do that. I know, right? Yeah, like that's why we're here, y'all. Like when 2018 <laughs> rolls around, don't wait until like November 5th to do. Wait, don't wait. Until, like yeah, wait until November 5th is bad because November. No wait. Now I'm confusing myself. It's November. Not sure what day. Exactly. But you know, it's. I actually got a Facebook Wrong. invite for the <laughs> for the midterm elections. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's like already in my events. And I get reminders every now and then, like, this is coming up in a year. Well, uh, yeah, when that time rolls around, hopefully we will be able to do some research and tell y'all who, well, at least, at least, like, where the big markets are, like, who's going to be up against each other. Because there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Republican, well, I think the whole house is going to be up for re-election, so to see what Democrats can actually maybe take back the house and maybe... Yeah, we should actually look into that and just it would probably be like a a spreadsheet you'd have to go through yeah. to like go year by year and then state by state, uh-huh. district by district and actually plot out the dates and find the biggest races and actually talk about the ones that could have the most impact of you people. You need an intern. I know, right? <laughs> Maria! Free, free <laughs> labor. She's also really good with statistics. <laughs> wow. No, yeah. no. Oh, we, she's great. We need to be anti-Trump, and we need to hire um, someone in Kuala Lumpur on uh, Elance.com. Oh, wow. That, <laughs> that's how, that makes us anti-Trump? I mean, I mean, hiring well, Americans isn't like a bad thing. It's not, but he's like America first, right? He's like strong about America first. Yeah. But if you go on elands.com and you want a personal digital assistant, Americans cost $15. Plum one from Kuala Lumpur costs $3 an hour, that is. Like $15 an hour versus $3 an hour. But then we gotta fly them here so that they can do all this research for us. No, they're a digital personal assistant. We have a thing called the internet. Oh, the series of tubes. It's so interesting, like when people are, you know, I am all for, you know, giving Americans jobs and stuff. But I work in an, in a an industry that is globalized. You know, people mm-hmm. people move around all the time because it's about your scientific abilities Mm -hmm. and your prowess and your ability to produce good research and so regardless of where you come from people want talent Mm -hmm. so yeah it's uh it's interesting yeah with the ability to work remotely and like yeah there's gonna be hard pressed to have like a lot of industries just stay in america with how globalized things already are they they've got to figure out a way for long distance travel to get um to be renewable. So we have to somehow use solar airplanes or like batteries that are rechargeable through renewable resources that can actually fly long distances. That way when we're doing these long distance global actually human connections where we're moving it, we're not also dependent on these fossil fuels because as much as the internet globally connects us to physically be connected, we still need these fossil fuels currently. That's true. And but so, climate change is a lie. It's a, con- <laughs> it's a liberal conspiracy. I know. I know. That's all fake. We made, we made it up. Fake bruise. Oh my gosh. It's fake. 
Yeah, I was watching this thing. So, well, I should say this is probably it for Bill Watch. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we were doing that. Right. Yeah. We, we went on a Bill Watch tangent, but that's yeah. good. That's what the show does. We 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 you know springboard things. Yeah. It's about it's about where we end up, not how we got there. Exactly. Yeah. And I was just watching this uh, interview that Tuckle Carlson had with uh, Bill Nye. And now, like, after watching that, I'm like, you guys are just, like, you just want to be in the pockets of big oil. There's yep. no way you would be asking these questions in this way and trying to, like, yell over him when he's trying to explain it to you. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah, no, well, and just, like, all of the environmental stuff, like, people don't remember how bad things were before there were more protections. Mm -hmm. Like, people were just ingesting lead, you know? Shit. Like, in house paint and oh, in, I remember that. yeah yeah and you know the EPA existed to protect Americans and to see like the Secretary of the Interior and the ban on the use of lead bullets on like in national parks and stuff do you know one of the animals that's most vulnerable to lead poisoning no the bald eagle oh shit that's, I mean, it doesn't get any more American than that, right? Wow. But it's all about what it looks like, right? And no one no one was saying you can't shoot your gun here. It was just you can't use something that's going to get into the water supply and act as a neurotoxin to all of the animals in the area. Yeah, use nickel-plated uh, bullets instead. Those exist. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not really about is this or is this not happening. It's that big oil is big. Right? Yeah. And, <clears throat> well, and that pipeline's going to go ahead and be built anyway, despite all oh, the God, protests. Yeah. I mean, everything is it's going. And the national park sales, they've, 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 they're already starting to auction them off in different states. They've That's released horrible. the sale to the states, and so now the states can start auctioning off acreage because the states don't have the ability to, to maintain those lands you know? yeah um especially in the states that have such low population density like montana and wyoming, Idaho. wyoming yeah. yeah yeah actually um We'd sunday night i went to a no dapple benefit at oh. the show box it was uh ben gibbard from death cap for cutie had like sherman alexi speak oh cool yeah but it was just depressing like oh shit because i mean the the environmental impact alone is bad enough, mm -hmm. but just uh, complete desecration of people's sacred sites, mm -hmm. and just because it doesn't happen to be housed in a church, people don't care. Oh yeah, that's you know, shitty. you know, I it, he was talking about you know the Dakota Access Pipeline of the Northwest happened a hundred years ago when they built a dam that cut off most of the northern Columbia River tribes from the wild salmon. What? Yeah. It, that this happened in the 1910s. Um, and, you know, these are people that worship nature. Yeah. And the salmon was uh, an important part of their spiritual practice. And he likened it to, you know, imagine being a Christian and never having the tombstone, the, the door of the tomb rolled away, you know, and he's oh. like, it's been like that forever. Um, and I mean, it's good that people care now, but he's like, this is just a drop in the ocean of like Shit. the horrible environmental crap that happens on reservations. So anyway, that's my tangent. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I mean, the environmental degradation has been <clears throat> happening the entire time. Oh yeah. 
and like east of the or no I should say west of the Mississippi and the east of the Rocky Mountains has basically been under corporate control since the early 1900s or whenever whenever like westward expansion was happening so much they would just find these little pocket towns and just kind of indenture them into their servitude for whatever resources were in that area yeah yeah, these are all super happy topics. So fun! <laughs> oh my gosh, I guess that's my job. So sorry, guys. Um, no, okay. that's okay. That's, that's, people need to be informed. Um, okay, guys. So let's lighten the load. Woo! A yeah. Bit. Um, what are some cool cartoon movies or action, like superhero comic book movies, coming out that you're excited about? Chaz and Company. Do you like any cartoons? I I do. Um, I don't. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What's something that you've seen? I just saw Get Out last weekend. Oh my god, that is not a cartoon. That is it a is super not. scary looking movie. Um, <laughs> what did you think of the super scary looking movie? So I mean, people were like, "Oh, I don't want to go see it. It looks scary." And it's more like you know a satire and homage to um, scary movies, and it was definitely tense. But it was just like, you know making microaggressions seem really intense which they are they're terrible but it was it was more like putting all of these things that already happen on display but like within the context of a scary movie and i really i really enjoyed it i recommend it all right however it was not a cartoon (laughs) what okay what rating system would you use and how much out of that rating system See, everyone's got their different things. Certain people put their thumbs up. Other people use popcorn. Some people say stars are good. I will give it uh, a thumb up because I I feel like all of my rating systems would be on a sliding scale of what I go see next. So, thumb up. Nice. One thumb up. Is okay, that... two thumbs. Two thumbs? Okay. Because <laughs> I was wondering what would be, is it just no thumbs or one thumb? Is the rating? Um, no, I give it two thumbs up. Two I thumbs. highly recommend it. Okay. Um, and when I saw, like, news articles about, like, this movie is anti-white, I was like, I gotta go see that. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Okay. Uh, well, I guess that opens up the category. Yeah. To, to, so to, I it's totally wild card took it movie. away from nope. cartoon movies. You, you What's li- coming out? But you lighten the mood. Nothing. Nothing, nothing that I knew. Yeah. Now that I'm looking at the the current, the most like cartoony thing that's out there is Lego Batman. Okay. Which I've I heard good seen. things about that have too. Because I did enjoy the original Lego movie. I have not seen the Lego movie. Oh my god. I don't. You is, know. Everything in I it need is to awesome. See it. That, that's what I hear. <laughs> Yeah. It's so cool to be part of a team. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do know the song. Okay. okay. Um, oh, I'm looking forward to a movie based on a cartoon, which Ooh. is Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. I'm a big, big Disney fan. What? Um. So yeah. Live at yeah. What do you think of the new live action Disney movement? Because it seems like they're they're going to do a few of them. Well, um. They've already done I Jungle have, Book. Yeah. I, so and Cinderella. In Cinderella. I did not see Cinderella. It did not get great ratings, so I didn't bother. The Jungle Book I actually really enjoyed, and having Christopher Walken play King Louie oh. was awesome. Oh, there you go. Um, but I was really apprehensive because I feel like those can be really <laughs> they could be really cheesy, right? Right. I think they did it well. I think my problem with a lot of the movie industry right now is just recycling old storylines. Like, yeah. there's got to be something new that you can do. But, you know, I love Disney, so I'm still going to go see it. And I, as a kid, was a huge 
book nerd, so Belle was like, oh yeah, is right girl. up there. Yeah. Okay, and she wants to get out of that provincial life, right? And she does it through stories. Yep. Although it does seem a little bit Stockholm syndrome-y now that you go back and look at it later. Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. So, what do you think, Chaz? What's your opinion on the live-action Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie? Oh, oh yeah. you would mention that. <laughs> Isn't Brian Cranston in that? I think so. Yeah. Because he did some voices on the original. Yeah. Oh like, I've so looked funny. at it, and it looks kind of weird, but I think if I just get really, really high and then think of it like I'm a six-year-old, I'll I enjoy it. I want it to be good. I so want it to be good, because I remember when that movie came out, and I was like... Or the oh. television show? Well, they they had the television show, and then they had the movie with yeah. Ivan Ooze. And I really liked that movie. I did, too. And I remember going out to Ohio to hang out with my stepmom's family, and my cousin and I just like watched that movie on repeat, and I feel nice. bad for all of the adults in our lives, but um, yeah, fond 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 memories of Ivan. Ooze. So, so right. you guys are looking forward to this and hoping hoping it's uh it's I mean, treated with some I hope care. So yeah, I'll go see it. Have you seen the trailers? I have. What what's your opinion of the trailer? Does it look exciting? Does it give you the it's, idea that it was done well? It looks very Michael Bayish. It does. It does you seem know, a little so Michael Bayish, but that, that he. Tra- I mean, the I Transformer mean, people love what he's done to that franchise. So I liked the first couple of Transformer movies, and then it really it got weird. Took it's a dive. Deep. Yeah, I'm gonna wait for Transformers Eight. I think by oh, then God. it's gonna be like the Fast <laughs> and Furious series. You know, it's gonna reboot itself because they both way. got Tyrese. I have, in them. I have a Fast and Furious <laughs> confession. I have only seen Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't. I didn't even know that's a thing that people. Have, um, <laughs> that's so out of the canon, too. Right? No, 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 yeah. no, no. It's a part of the canon. But like, like it is. It is like I thought that too. But no, it is in the canon. They in Fast and the Furious Six, the beginning of it. Like so, at the end of Fast and like Tokyo Drift, there's a Vin Diesel and he races against the other guy, and uh, and he dies. No, 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 no. The um, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> like your like, drift. Like how dies or something. I, I don't. I think what happened was I was watching it that day, and we were also watching another live action version of an old driving game. Oh my god, it's like really famous, and I can't remember it. Like Outrun or no. Need for Speed. Maybe it was Need for Speed. Oh, that's probably it. Did it yeah. have Did it have Jesse Eisen? No, not Jesse Eisenberg. Did it have uh, Jesse from Breaking Bad in it? Oh, Aaron Paul? Yeah. No, it wasn't that one. This was, like, way back in high school. Jesse. Oh, okay. <laughs> it, was, it, it was, like, a Japanese game or, like, a Japanese story. I don't – I'm going to remember it in the middle oh, of the night. Oh, is it Speed Racer? Gran Turismo. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm going to remember it and then, like, wake up in the middle of the night, like, gasping and being like, Damn it. Was it like an actual Japanese movie that like cartoon into movie or it involved a lot of driving in the mountains. Oh, initial D. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> what is it called? Initial D. Yeah. Well, D stands for drifting. Oh. Yes, it was yes. So you only So we were watching drifting drift movies. movies. <laughs> <laughs> what the heck? Yeah, it's a cartoon. There's even there's four video games of it. And you can play one at GameWorks, I think. 
And I used to you used to be able to get this card that would keep all your stats, and I would always get to like the second set of characters and always lose to these uh, groups of girls that would ride together. And I'm just like, why are you guys so good at drifting? What the hell is this? <laughs> wow, that's. Wow. I'm so glad you knew what I was talking about. Nice. And see, like, everyone knows Initial D. Like, well, apparently not you, but... <laughs> burn. Sick burn. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god, I I should know this, but I don't. Okay. I, I love that you were watching a Drift series. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't pick the movies. Yeah, Initial D is pretty cool. It's just like it's like most animes. It just takes an aspect of something and pumps it to eleven. Yeah. To eleven. Okay. That's this good. One goes to is that 11. is that a Spinal Tap reference when you say to eleven? Mm-hmm. Or? Okay, good. I like it. Um. All right. Well, that was good. See, we feel a little bit better now. Yeah. 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 That was good. It, it made it. It made it okay. Now we can go back to another depressing topic. I oh, just assume that we do. Have... We want to yell at Ben Carson. Um. Let's find out what's going on with him, man. Yeah, or, let, let's play that clip about Ben Carson saying that slaves were immigrants. Oh, golly. It rolls my eyes furiously. Ben Carson does not represent the views and opinions of how you live in Chas Simmons, Mikel Nielsen, or our guests. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the clip. Who came here in the bottom of slave ships worked even longer, even harder for less. But they too had a dream that one day their sons, daughters, grandsons, granddaughters, great-grandsons, great-granddaughters might pursue prosperity and happiness in this land. (laughs) I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. He says that, right? And slavery started in the 1600s, or even even like before then. But in in the colonies, it was the late 1600s, and went until the, the 1800s. He's like daughters and grand. You you had like five generations of slaves, right? Right. And, I love when he says work for less, as uh-huh. if they worked for anything, right? They you know, like to stay alive. Um. Yeah, they worked for nothing. Mm-hmm. They were abhorrently treated. They were ripped from their homes. Right. Um, and what does that have to do with wanting prosperity? They probably wanted prosperity back where they were living. Right. And um. So. I I don't I don't understand why he frames it that way. Like I I, I wonder. It'd be interesting to talk to Ben Carson to to see he why he thinks awake. like this now. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. But am I wrong? No. Yeah. Studio audience enjoyed that. We brought the studio <laughs> audience this week. No, I forgot to mention them, but they're, they've been really polite and quiet. They're really good. They're really good. Yeah, Maria's been really good about making sure they're all feeling accommodated. <laughs> she's, she's a host. I mean, in all honesty, the show would not be on the air without Maria. I mean, I have to admit. it's. Let, let's give it up for Maria. Uh, put hashtag go Maria. <laughs> God, they have, they, they have like the same girl always yells the same way in the back. But like Ben Carson is always coming at slaves hard for some reason. Because I, I wrote a blog post um a while back yelling at him for getting mad at like wanting to put Harriet Tubman on uh 
the on money on originally the it was given the 10 and then switched over to the 20 right yeah so i'm just like i'm like ben carson what do you got against black people like you and, and what i really want to know is candy carson why haven't you left his bitch ass yet because he has that neurosurgeon money question mark the question yeah that's true they do live in a nice ass house i don't know i just i can't I can't imagine how anyone could frame slavery as immigration. How you could call women the master's mistress when really they were there against their will, and so we should call it what it is, which is rape. Exactly. Like, I don't, I don't get trying to like put a rosy view on this, and I think it probably has to do with the idea of American exceptionalism and not wanting to accept that the Founding Fathers were flawed. Yeah. A bunch of them owned slaves, and... Uh... Yeah. I mean, the times were, were different, so some of the people that, you know, we would look up to today, you know, definitely accepted some things that they clearly shouldn't have i mean that's a big part of it too you know the thing that always gets me now is like i'm pretty squarely in the middle class and i saw the movie i am not your negro and one part of it oh it was really good okay i'm I'm planning to what rating system would you use and how much of what that thing is would you give it i would give it a five out of seven and what is the uh what what is the seven seven And just of a just of a number like five seven or is it five seven somethings? Well, to explain the joke, there was this thing on uh, Facebook a while back where this guy came at his friend and his friend would give a rating of five out of seven. And he's like, "Why is it a five out of 7? But no, I would give it. Uh, since usually the rating is four stars, I would give it four stars. Four stars, right? Stars. It's definitely a well-crafted movie. It's definitely going to shock you. People might give it low ratings because it does this counterpoint transition to like really rosy view about things to lynching. And then it's like, you're like, oh crap, that was shit. And then, but it showed, but one part of the movie was shown about how like there's more African Americans going into the middle class. And I'm like, and I'm squarely in the middle class. But I, what I realized is uh, to be in the middle class, that means someone has to like work for way less for me to enjoy the conveniences of the middle class. And it seems like ever since capitalism has been a thing, there has always been some sort of system that has that in place. And nowadays, for us, that is people over in China or even those prisoners who are working for, like, oh, 10 yeah. cents on a dollar. Or people, you know, working in agriculture. Yeah. You know, I come from California where – they make 70% of the country's produce, mm-hmm. and it's because we can afford to pay people under the table yeah. $5 an hour, and that's why your avocado doesn't cost five bucks. Um, yeah, so that and that's a hard thing to reconcile. You know, people want all this, they want to talk about immigration, but they don't really want to deal with what that means. Exactly. And I think I, I wonder, I always want to talk about is what's going to happen when... Uh, our slaves stop being human once like automation basically takes over everything that we pay people pennies on the dollars to do now yeah and what that'll do to an economy because i've been reading some things about post-capitalism and i still think post-capitalism is probably like i don't know 50 years away for it to become like an issue around the world but 
the more and more automation takes over the the jobs that people would normally do and then when the big businesses are like we don't have enough money in the economy to make ourselves rich anymore and we're like well we tried to tell you but you're like no greedy money so yeah so recommend it that movie yeah okay, it was really cool. good go see it um so i haven't seen any movies so i'm gonna rate the awkward moment during the oscars where <laughs> oh, la la land got given the oscar for best picture in a mistake and had to actually hand it over to moonlight and i'm gonna give that uh three snuck in snifters of alcohol out of four <laughs> uh, because that's that's how i rate movies is by the snifters of alcohol that have been snuck in. Uh, four being a perfect score, uh, one still being fun, and zero being a movie I walked out of. So, oh, okay. Can we just appreciate how bad it would have been had the situation been reversed? Oh, God. Oh, If they God. had, like, said Moonlight, and they were like, just kidding, it's La La Land. Oh, I think I might have had a heart attack if that happened. Right. I mean, I was like, this is a movie about black people and their sexuality and their sexuality being uh, against the norm. There's so much of, like, gaiety in the black community in some places are, is so looked down upon that I was like, look at this movie. Just like, it's being normal. There's just love. Representation well, is important. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was, uh, my friends and I were watching the Oscars and we had like a, a prediction sheet and oh, I had, yeah. I had Moonlight in Best Picture. As did I. Um, and when La La Land went, I was like, no! I flipped the table over. Oh no, <laughs> I, people I, were I freaked injured. the fuck out when that happened. Like, <laughs> I, I, so my friend every year has an Oscar party. Yeah. And we, and we like wager points, uh, for it and everything. And yeah. And I'm like, 24 points, Moonlight, let's go. And then they're like, La La Land. I was like, fuck Dusk. <laughs> um, I would like to point out the the moment where Brie Larson, for the second time, had to give the Best Actor Award to Casey Affleck. Oh, and, shit. And she is a big advocate for sexual assault victims. And she just stood there and wouldn't clap for him and i was like yes silent protest yes i didn't even know about i give that five out of five fists in the air <laughs> <laughs> perfect. And, and that is a perfect score <laughs> so i actually don't know much about the casey affleck uh what was it, sexual assault thing that happened do you know anything can you tell our listeners about if they don't know yeah so Casey Affleck was accused of sexual assault by two of the peop- two of the women working on his movie oh, shit. in 2011, 2012, and it wasn't just like comments. Like one woke up in her hotel room bed and he was like in bed with her in his underwear, and you know um, these have been settled out of court, and so no one's allowed to talk about it. Um, but I think we need to give more credit to victims i think too, yeah. too often people are like well you can't prove it um but i don't know don't be grimy don't give don't like and there's so much evidence that especially like even in the acting world nobody cares about that like roman polanski people still love him oh people, yeah people love woody allen yeah you know people they're giving awards to casey affleck and i i don't i don't know exactly what happened there but i know enough to know that I don't want to 
applaud him. Right? America is a weird society where showing a dick pic will will get you banned from politics, but sexual assault allegations, not so much. Nope. Yep. But anyway, now that I've brought up fun topics again, no, we didn't. I'm I mean, the most fun guest you've ever had. Yes. Well, you're in. You're definitely in the top three, so that's good. Um, you're. Well, thir- definitely, I'm in the top twelve. You're. Well, you're our third guest. Oh, okay. So, well, but, yeah, we're we that's... hang out by ourselves a lot. So you <laughs> <Okay. laughs> make us sound like dorks. Oh. We are dorks. Don't hey, get us wrong. We're, we're <laughs> million dollar studio having dorks. So I mean, come on. That's that's just you know. I mean, yeah. It's it's whatever you want it to be. Millionaire dorks. Um, (laughs) No, I was just thinking. So um, I was in a science and engineering sorority in college. Oh, cool. And um, our brother fraternity is Triangle, which is an engineering fraternity. And the guy who founded Blizzard um, is a Triangle. And so, like, sometimes when he throws those crazy parties, like – like sisters from other chapters have talked about going to those parties and I'm like that is like nerd success. Yes. You know? Um so yeah, you can be a nerd millionaire. Oh yeah. Oh, I I like nerdiness. And that's why I moved to Seattle cuz you can <laughs> let your nerd flag fly. That that's is specifically very true. why. <laughs> well, I I moved here cuz I got a job here. I stayed cuz I can let my nerd flag fly. Okay. Okay. That's fair. We'll give you that. <sighs> <laughs> uh so um i know i tried i was you know i did tell you i meditate on the podcast that's why i'm uh that's why um, I'm just, yeah i'm known as the old guy oh, I what's your mantra um gosh darn it uh beyonce <laughs> Is that is that is that like your wish? It, I'm not supposed to say it out loud in front of people. Like, no, no. Usually a, a mantra is a, a phrase, you know, that you repeat to yourself. Oh well, that's that's okay. Yeah. yeah. So that that, that works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beyonce is a sentence. Just, yeah. You know, that's way, enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just revealing a little bit about me. I don't know. That's all good. I guess we can talk to uh, Katie about what she's... Uh, I guess we went over it partially at the beginning about yeah. what you do, but if you want to embellish more so on... Sure. So um, I am a molecular biologist by training, which just means that I study DNA. Um, and I am interested in the genetic basis of cancer. Um because every can like cancer is essentially a genetic disease Mm -hmm. so regardless of what kind of cancer it is we can look at dna and and that should give us some idea of what that cancer is about um my lab focuses on early cancer detection so um you know we want to find ways to fight it and all of that but the easiest way to treat somebody is to catch it early yeah so what kind of tools can we create to catch it sooner and specifically, I'm looking at colon cancer in people with ulcerative colitis. So ulcerative colitis is an inflammatory bowel disease that okay. affects just the colon. So people with UC have a lot of like inflammation and open sores. Oh, okay. um, And it increases people's risk for colon cancer. Oh. But it, it's hard to see, um, you know, when you go and get your regular colonoscopy, what they're looking for is a polyp. So it's like a big 
lump that sticks out and that's how they know that cancer is forming yeah that's what my my dad when it my, my dad had colorectal cancer so yeah. i know all about that so in uc there aren't polyps and everything is really inflamed so the cancer development is flat but everything's inflamed there might be ulcers and things like that so it's really hard to tell if something is cancerous or not so someone with sporadic colorectal cancer like mm -hmm. your father was getting checked for um you'd go in for colonoscopy after 40 or 50 you might go every five to ten years depending on what they see and they'll only take biopsies or like a tissue sample where something looks suspicious but in uc patients you have to do a colonoscopy every year or every other year, and they have to take at least 32 biopsies to have 90% sensitivity. So even wow. if they take all of those 32 biopsies, there's only you know they're only going to catch it 90% of the time. And how big of tissue do you need to take away to do like that many biopsies? So it's just a little like little it's like a little tiny clamp and they take a little bite sized and so that's why it's not 100% effective because it's possible to miss it oh okay um and so you know and what they do is they look at the tissue under a microscope and say this looks cancerous but um every person who looks at it might have a different opinion you might miss it and because there's a lot of inflammation, there's a lot of tissue damage, it's not always oh, easy okay. to tell. Sure. So we're trying to see, is there some sort of genetic marker that tells us which people are more likely to get cancer and which ones aren't? So that we can, um, you know, if you're not likely to get colon cancer in the next couple of years, then you don't need to undergo so many procedures. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, a, that's a complicated field to be working in. But it's niche, but... It, it's got to be exciting. I mean, if there's a breakthrough or any type of uh, work that, that seems to be leading in the right direction. That's true. I think um, the hard thing about working in science is it's 95% banging your head on the wall for like the 5% of the time that it works. And so like people hear about the really exciting breakthroughs or they hear like science reported in the news and oftentimes it's not well reported that's true um and so it can be exciting but it can be a slog a little bit and not to say that i don't enjoy it i find it fulfilling um but i think people hear that you're a scientist and they picture you in a lab coat and you've got things bubbling and you're like <laughs> making discoveries and saying eureka and a lot of times it's like uh, what do you think? I don't know. What is this? I don't know. Um, so yeah, it it is exciting, but I think you know, be being a scientist means being a cog in the machine. That you may not make the breakthrough, but by sharing your work with the scientific community, you build the basis for the possibility of someone else's breakthrough. Wow, it's a very honorable mission. Teamwork making the dream work. Yeah. That's you should watch uh, the Lego movie. <laughs> everything is awesome when you're a part of a great team. <laughs> that one got the full four snuck in flasks. Uh, just nice. So you know. yeah. There you go. There you go. Four out of four. Uh, so you know we've uh, we've pretty much gone through most of the topics. What 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 did you have left on your agenda this week, sir? I think did we did we talk about uh, Trump's fake of the union yet? We did, yeah. Okay, that's, mm -hmm. I thought we did. We touched on that. We got a little bit from Ben Carson. 
We've got a little bit more from our guest. Uh, we discussed movies. Um, I mean, in all honesty, man, I think we've we've really filled. Yeah, I how think you, how you live in. I, I think the only thing I have is um, uh, the grow your brain segment. If anybody, mm. yeah, what what do you got to inform the people? Make what what can we do? What can we do? How are we gonna activate? If you want to go first, Katie. Sure. Um. So. I am really passionate about science communication, so I think part of the reason that people don't believe in climate change or, like, don't want to vaccinate their children, partially because they want to believe what they want to believe, but partially because scientists don't know how to talk to non-scientists. That's true. Um, so I'm, I find that really important, and so I appreciate books that make science... Um, into nice bite-sized little chunks. So I recommend reading anything by Mary Roach. Okay. Um, she's written a couple, of, like a few, really humorous science books. One is called Gulp, and it's all about the alimentary canal or the GI tract. So as someone who oh, okay. studies the colon, I found that one really good. Nice. Um, Bonk is really good, which is about the science of sex. Ooh. She wrote one called Stiff, which is about like the secret life of human cadavers, which was really interesting. Oh. So anything by Mary Roach, and it's all in little like short vignettes, so it's you can pick it up and put it down pretty easily. Um, I've also been listening to Pod Save America, which is the same guys who did like Keeping It 1600. And oh, they were okay. all um, Obama speechwriters. And so they they put out a podcast twice a week, and it helps me get through the news cycle without losing my that. mind. So I have to check that out. And I have another podcast that I just found out <clears throat> found on Spotify today, and it is called Why Oh Why, and it is about it's by Andrea Salenzi, and it's all about dating and relationships. And I think there are about 22 episodes in, and there's two sets of episodes that I think uh, people ought to listen to. There's first, um, there's episode 19, which is called Do's and Bars, and basically the day of the Women's March, after the Women's March was over, they went to um, bars in like 12 different cities and just started interviewing dudes about different questions. And one of the more interesting questions were like, are, like what do you think about feminism and are you a feminist? And a lot of dudes were like, well, yeah, I respect women, and I think they should have equality and stuff, but I don't know if I like that label. And I was like, what? <laughs> so. That's so frustrating. I know. And then, like, the follow-up episode to that was uh, episode 20, and that was the host asking herself, does she hate men? Because at the end of it all, one of the guys asked her out on a date, and she was like, I'm getting over a breakup, so no. And then the dude was like, I think you hate men. Yeah, you hate men. I'm like, how do you draw that conclusion? <laughs> yeah, the you don't want to go out with me, therefore you must have a problem with all men thing. That... It's bad. Yeah, it's, that's not good. And then the other set uh, episodes that, that I found very enlightening was... There's episode 15 called The Quiznos Guy. <laughs> and this guy, his, his name is Randy. He's 38 years old. He's from uh, southern Baltimore. And he really has kind of like that southern uh, culture about he, – he really complained about that the, the show takes place in New York, and he complained that New York women talk too much. 
All right. Whoa. And, and, and you could tell in his voice that he was like, yeah, down in uh, Baltimore, women just say what they're supposed to say, and then they just listen. And I was just like, and I was just sitting here, and I'm just like, this is like from a sociological standpoint, this is gold. And I'm like, but like from a cultural standpoint, I'm like, this is why America's fucked up in ways. And and but and episode 16 follows up with him after his uh, grandmother dies and such. So. It's very interesting to see like his levels of humanity, even though he, he's the type of guy where he is a straight up misogynist, but he doesn't realize like why that's a bad thing, because that's just a part of like his ingrained culture. It's heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, um, it's been a delight. Thank you once again, Katie, for coming in. Thanks for having me. Uh, how can people support some of the things that you were talking about, or um, you know, make it help Ooh. make a difference on their part in, um, in the efforts you're all. You know, um, I volunteer at the Pacific Science Center here in Seattle. Um, trying, you know, doing like outreach. I didn't even know you could do that. Yeah. So I, I volunteer there. I'm a science communication fellow. So I get to talk to little kids about cancer. Um, you know, you can always donate money. I think, you know, we live in a society where money talks a lot. So, um, the Fred Hutchinson Cancer Research Center, um, accepts donations. The Seattle Cancer Care Alliance is a really great place. Um, if you want to support science in general, organizations like AAAS are really important, um, which is the American Association for the Advancement of Science. Um, yeah, so find some sciencey topic that you find important, be it health or the environment. Um, talk to a scientist. We're people, and we we are actually really nerdy and excited about what we do. So. Um, make us talk to you as well. <laughs> Sounds good. And as always, Chaz, how do they keep up with you or communicate to you or help the causes you've been talking about? Um, you can always go to well, you can follow me on Twitter at crsii. Um, also, when I went to Let's Talk um a little bit ago, um, there is a group called Communities Rising. Um, they have a website called Communities Rising US or RisingUs.org. I'll just spell it out for you: C O M M U N I T I E S R I S I N G U S dot org. And they're also on Meetup at Meetup slash Communities dash Rising, and on Facebook at Communities Rising USA, all as one word, after Facebook.com. So. Um, they're all about getting people in different local communities together to talk about their local issues oh, and cool. and make sure whatever sort of policies that need to be put into place for them to enact them and talk to their constituents and such. So, yeah. And you can follow me on Twitter at SeatownMare because I'm here for your coastal municipality. Guys, thanks for being a part of this show. And as always, it's free. So <laughs> have fun, guys. I love free things. We'll talk to you soon. Catch you later, y'all. Thanks again. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Help! When I was younger, so much younger than today. I never need anybody help in any way. But now these days are gone, I'm